2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
4: Greetings and welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. What's going on, my man? If you want instant analysis from a big MLB trade that's about to happen, I'm going to send you to my dad, Walt Smith. (laughs) <laughs> the Yankees are set to acquire Joey Gallo from the Rangers. Jerry Gallo's dead. They're it's getting a, Joey with Gallo. With a G, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's, we got, you got Jerry Gallo. C-A-L-L-O. We're keeping Joey Gallo. You're getting Joey Gallo. Uh the Yankees are set to acquire Joey Gallo for six minor leaguers, right? A huge deal for them. The Yankees are buyers now at the deadline, one of the best left-handed hitters in baseball. It's a huge deal for them. So if this is just coming down now here, the deal is pending a medical review, all of this stuff. I text my dad, who's on vacation in Syracuse right now, because you know, he, you know, he's not up on things being, you know, being on vacation. I said, Hey, sure, you're getting Joey Gallo for six minor leaguers. His response to me was great. That will definitely solve our pitching problems. <laughs> You're getting Joey Gallo for a bunch of guys nobody's heard of and oh yeah, what about our pitching problems? Like you, 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 you know what you though? Can't be
6: happy. He, he is right. I mean, it does happy. solve a massive issue that we discussed yesterday with John Paul Morosi. the fact that you are a team with one of the greatest right-field porches in Major League Baseball history. I don't care how many damn ballparks have been knocked down. This one <laughs> is perfect for <laughs> left-handed hitters. And what do you got? You're bereft of them. And so what do you do? You go and gra- grab him. And that's good. That's good. It's a good start.
4: But Cashman, show me more. Yeah, well, here's the thing is that the Yankees, once they got to that which way do we go part of the season, uh, started playing a little bit better. Now, look, clearly they're a long ways away from the division – Look, they're almost 10 games behind the Red Sox. But for the wild card, they're right there. You know, you're know, you talking about being a game behind the second wild card spot. And, okay, if we add some, some hitting and we start mashing the ball, we go back to the old Yankees philosophy. If we have one good starting pitcher who can pitch three games in a seven-game series, we will mash the ball the rest of the time and try to get there. And that's clearly their philosophy right now of, hey, we're going to go get Joey Gallo. We're going to be able to hit the baseball a little bit better. And we're going to wind up being a playoff team. Look, you're trading six minor leaguers. But there's a reason they're minor leaguers. You're trading six guys. I mean, it's a six for one, which is insane because you don't really see that. But, yeah. hey, you're getting Joey Gallo, who's 27 years old, is a great power hitter. This, I have to say, for a team I thought that was going to be a seller. The Yankees are buying. This is a really good move. No, anytime, Look,
6: we, we do this in every sport. You got your your hallmark teams. Your, we love to watch slash hate them and the Yankees are there. If the Yankees aren't involved in any of this, it's boring one way or the other because if they're selling, it's great because then you're tearing down uh, the behemoth that has been for our lifetimes, our parents' lifetimes. I mean, think about Walt other than some some bad Yankee teams in the early 70s. I mean, they've been there pretty much forever at least as contenders. So now you have the opportunity and and I don't think there was anybody uh, off that list that really moved the needle right in terms of prospects that folks said, "Ooh." Like Duran and and Pereira, guys whose names you know only if you really collect trading cards, which means you got a bunch of uh Pre rookie cards that Tops makes as soon as a guy signs a deal. Basically, it's like, all right, there he is, uh, and and here he is in a Bowman set. So maybe you got excited about that, and now you lost his luster because he's no longer a Yankee prospect. Because you know how that works. <laughs> but it's you, you bring in a guy who's instant offense, and in theory, now you have the heart of an. Part of the order that that can mash. I, I just am curious to see what else they've got up their sleeves, right? Because we've had a number of teams where it seems they're on the fence. Are you in or are you out, right? Seattle yesterday, you trade away a couple oh, of guys and you, and you get the – get the uh, clubhouse and everybody all salty. And then a trade fall, falls through on the other side of the mm. nation. And all of a sudden you swoop in like a vulture. Is this going to make <laughs> you feel better? Is this going to make you feel better? <laughs> you know, is that kind of thing like, please make this, this trade's got to help us. Doesn't it? So it's going to be a lot of activity. And uh, I love the fact that live and in living color, here we are to
4: analyze it and mock what doesn't happen. Mm. Six minor league players for Joey Gallo. This is how it's going to go. He's under team control for another couple of years. Uh, look, you know, they got some prospects who are, who are pretty decent prospects, but there's a reason they're prospects. You get a guy that's 27. He didn't trade for a 36-year-old guy that maybe you got another year or two. This was a really good move by the Yankees. He's going to stay for years. He'll be the new Mark Teixeira. He's going to stay and just hit home runs to that ball all the time. Boom. Hey, we're good. Now I'm good for the next eight years. This was a really big move by the Yankees. And, and like I got to give him credit. When it's the Yankees, it's a great move, even if my dad doesn't think so. Uh, so, the first domino of the trade season is about to fall again. This is pending a physical uh, from Joey Gallo, but it looks like this is going to happen. Uh, meanwhile, today, if you can say the narrative flipped on Aaron Rodgers in a day, well, yes, we're going to say that. After you saw his 30-minute press conference answering questions about coming back, you know, finally returning to the Packers, getting assurances that he'll have more say over certain personnel decisions and he can maybe be traded after this year if he disagrees with everything. Watching this press conference, all I could see the entire time was him winning didn't happen. I you I you can't say that he won. After the press conference today, because all the things he talked about were all things that uh, we knew about. He wanted a little bit more control. Mm -hmm. Okay, he even said today, are you going to get it? And he said, I don't know. Whoa, I thought the whole thing was you wanted more control. <laughs> they traded for Randall Cobb today. Great. We'll trade a six-round pick for Randall Cobb. Is that going to keep Aaron happy? Great. That was his trump card? He wanted us to trade for Randall Cobb? I thought we were going to say he wanted us to go out and you know make a trade for DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, he wanted what, a Randall Cobb? Yeah, we can do that. So he even says, I don't know if I'm getting the assurances I need. Um, you know, Can he leave after this year in a trade? Yes, they will look to trade me. Um, all these things that the Packers are eminently okay with after this season, they're all okay with what's going on. If they they wanted this is remember this is what the Packers wanted. They wanted to draft Jordan Love. They wanted to push Aaron Rodgers out. They wanted to make Jordan Love the quarterback after a couple of years, give him some time to really learn because he was raw, just like they did with Rodgers learning under Brett Favre. And Aaron Rodgers, oh, I'm going to push the narrative up and off season, and boy, he had them on the ropes, and then he backed off. I'm going to come in, but I want some assurances. And the Packers, in the end, are getting exactly what they wanted. They're getting two more years out of Aaron Rodgers. From the moment they drafted Jordan Love, they get, they're getting two more years from Aaron Rodgers. They can trade him after this year if they want to. And the whole thing about influence, Rodgers says, I don't know if I'm going to get it. I mean, that—that's the Packers right now are saying, this is all we had to do. Now the dust is settled, and we understand that we won. Everything Aaron Rodgers did, where it looked so powerful, we're always oh, going to be able to force a trade after this year. After this year, the Packers wanted to get rid of him anyway. So uh, you, you use all this stuff with Rodgers, and after today, just watching him talk, I could just see the power. He got smaller on the screen. He was so big when it began, and then he got smaller, and he was a tiny voice. I couldn't even see him. He was just talking about, oh, we got the have control. We're going to get Air Randall Cobb back, and he's only going to be 24 years old at the end. Uh, you can't say that he won. And I'm looking at this going, the Packers are getting exactly what they wanted out of this. He played them for so long, but he backed off at the very end. And the Packers say, oh, boy, well, we were lucky he did that. And now they're getting everything they had hoped for from when they drafted Jordan Love. Now they're getting it. Aaron Rodgers, this is a, now a big L for him. Even though he says, oh, I get this. When you can tell me you don't even know if you're getting the influence you want. Uh, what, what, is, what was that going to say, man? Yeah, no, you got your that's- contract voided. They're getting out from everything. They're getting what they want. You're not getting it. <laughs> But that was my point the whole time. He wasn't going to win. Where was he going to go? They didn't
6: want to trade him. Do they want maybe to break up? Sure. Once they they know for sure that Jordan Love's ready to play. He was an insurance card. That's I'm, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Everybody else can have theories about acrimony and hatred and everything else. All the venting he did today, and I saw across social media and all the headlines. of Wow, he really let him have it. Okay, so he had a therapy session in front of a couple of microphones to talk about what everybody already knew, Just like you said, we knew it, you know, wanted say and and all this and that's fine. And he, he still says he doesn't know what his future is after this year. It's still to be determined. So if they go out and have a great year, does he necessarily walk out the door? no. Right. I mean, the potential is still because I don't hear them making any promises to Devonte Adams that they're not going to franchise him after the year. So, I mean, there's there's still so much that that goes with it in, in terms of your window to win. Uh, talking about, you know, getting people to come play with him and Milwaukee not being a selling point. Come on, man. You got to show some love to the people while you're there. You You know, on one hand, telling people how much you love it and how much you love the community, and on the other saying, hey, it's all about me here. You know, it's it's all about my – and I understand, you know, you you want a little more input. You want a little more control. That That's generally not how the NFL works. I mean, that's a rare commodity. I mean, even think back to, you know, Brady and the Patriots, and eventually after 20 years, they were looking to move on. Because at some point, you're looking at the odometer going, yeah, I don't, I don't need to be on a cross-country trip and have my car die on me. And with Rogers, you'd had injuries. You'd had a couple of, you know – mediocre seasons from a statistical barrage. And there was more balance and, and obviously the touchdown to interception ratio, as we've talked about QBR, all those metrics through the roof. But you know, when, when you're looking at 51 total touchdowns over two years, the the question is, is he the guy you lean on anymore? And, and that, that was a question that people were asking, where was there going to continue to be fights about the offense, whatever? well, Something spurred him on to this fantastic season a year ago, the Renaissance, the MVP, and now you try to flex. Well, here's the problem. You're playing the National Football League, you have a contract, and your flexing didn't really begin until everything had already been done.
4: No, and you know what? And that's the worst part. The timing sucked. This happened now. Only because he couldn't get to his preferred destination, right? He could have gone to either Denver or the Raiders or the Dolphins, right? But apparently, that's not where he wants to go. So all because he couldn't get to his preferred destination, because the timing was bad, because he didn't play the trump card until the day of the draft. He should have. This should have all played out the beginning of February, right after the season was over, so teams can hit free agency and they can maneuver around to get Aaron Rodgers. But it all happened. This all happened because he couldn't get to his preferred destination because he wanted out. He wanted to go, but he wanted to go where he wanted to go. He wanted to be like Brady and pick his team, but he couldn't do it because he waited a little bit too long. And then when it came down to it, when he really could have thrown the hammer down and said, I want out, I can go to someplace pretty good. Because you know what? Denver's a pretty good place to go, man. They got a lot of weapons there. Miami's becoming a pretty good team, man. That's a pretty big market. Uh, But no, but that's not where he wanted to go. So all of this is because he couldn't figure out where he wanted to go, and now he's trying to spin all this. Hey, all these concessions I'm getting into a, in, into a win. And after watching him talk today, it was no, dude, this is just spin control, man. You lost because the Packers got exactly what they wanted all along, and you didn't. And now you're trying to put a happy face on it, where hey, I'm just gonna, you know I, I got this, you know I like we got Randall Cobb, and I'm excited, and I'm a no. Everything he says, I just look at it and go, you lost, man. You got to take the L. Aaron Rodgers, big L on your forehead you got to take that L
6: yeah and maybe behind the scenes he will get more influence and, and if acquiring Randall Cobb I heard so many people downplay you know what people like you, you want to work with people you like working with you want to have a guy in the locker room that you trust you know beyond Devonte Adams they got a lot of receivers that have potential right and you saw last year what he was able to do with them Robert Tanyan becomes an 11-touchdown tight end uh, out of the blue. But if you get him back, he doesn't need to reach Pro Bowl heights. Just needs to be a nice, steady, consistent third-down guy and a guy Aaron Rodgers likes. And for him, maybe that constitutes a win. All right, I got one of my guys back for one more run. And, and that's fine. Right, and, and whatever the costs are, a six-round pick and, and money exchange, whatever, it, it's, it's all fine and good. And, and if he goes in with a, a better frame of mind off it – great if he's still pissed off that got you an MVP season and yeah. if he hadn't you know walked off the field and had flipped Lafleur off called timeout and fought to stay on the field maybe you would have been able to have the tie instead of the field goal oh
4: I'm sorry did I put that on you Aaron <laughs> Rodgers let me put that is my mic on you hear that <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's getting, a, uh, uh, he's getting some kind of uh, – the concessions he's getting is a discount at the concession stand. Oh, Maybe that, get the Aaron Rodgers <laughs> discount. Maybe that's what he's getting.
6: Well, the discount double check that he loves so much in his celebratory <laughs> touchdown dances. <laughs>
4: Twitter right now about a fresco. Mike, <laughs> at swollen dome. Yeah, just watching today, he takes the L after everything that went on today. It's like watching his, his power diminish as I watch the press conference continue to go. Uh 99 on Fox, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, Twitter at How About a Fresca? Mike at Swollen Dome. Uh, we will have more NFL on the way because there's one NFL player who I really want him to say exactly what he wants to say because what he's saying so far is not exactly what he wants to say. Confused? Don't worry. I got it for you. And oh, by the way. Maybe one of the most three most embarrassing moments of my professional career. I have to tell that story coming up next because of what happened today. So if that's enough to stick around, I don't know
1: what else there is. Keep it right here. Jason and Mike Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
9: to start listening.
5: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Hey, buddy. Uh, Farewell to a legend today. ZZ Top bassist Dusty Hill passing away at the age of 72. Uh, ZZ Top, one of the more... One of the most popular rock bands of the past 40 years. Everybody had a big, long beard, legs, sharp-dressed man, so many big hits. And and Dusty Hill, you know, one of the three uh, original members. You know, he's been with ZZ Top for 40 years. Uh, again, he, he died in his sleep earlier today at the age of 72. And I know the first thing people are saying is he was only 72. You know, because they, they always look so old because they had all these long he had the beards. the big, long beard. Yeah, Just a little bit more gray. Yeah, (laughs) It's in 1985. You look like you're 60. How old are you? I'm 27 years old. Like like the guy from Elf. I'm 27 years old. Um, When Dusty Hill passed away and I saw him trending today, I said, oh, wow. And then I realized I had to tell my Dusty Hill story because it easily is one of the three most embarrassing moments from my professional career. Easy. I don't know that I have a more embarrassed. I'm sure there is, but it came to me today. It was just so embarrassing. So. This is this is 1999. All right, I remember because I remember this is a very big deal. Um, it was when I was a sports producer at KBC uh, here in Los Angeles, and I was traveling with the Lakers for the playoffs. And it was Bill Weir who now you know you know Bill. You know, I, I tell stories mm-hmm. about Bill Weir once in a while. Um, You know, he was the talent and I was the producer and the Lakers were playing the Spurs and we wanted to do a bit on the famous people who were at the game. Like it was if for some reason it was one of those features where where there were like two days between games. So we thought, hey, let's do a feature at the game. You know, after game one about famous people, we can compare them to the famous people that are at games in Los Angeles. So like game one, like Shawn Michaels was there, you know, the wrestler, he came and warmed up the crowd. Everything was cool. So we looked for some famous people. So this is like in the fourth quarter of the first game, and I see it. You know, I I see. Uh, I go. Uh, you know, I see people sitting in in certain areas. I go, oh my god! And and Bill Weir says to me, oh man, that's that's one of the guys from ZZ Top. I go, you're right. And he goes, who is it? And I go, I don't know. I know they're both named Gibbons, but I don't know if it's <laughs> Billy Gibbons. Is it his brother? I have no idea. And then and Bill says, Bill says to me well, what do you want to do? I go, all right, I'll take the bullet. I'll go up and try to find out, figure out which one he is. Because, you know, I couldn't, like, look it up on my phone because you, you couldn't do that back to, like, take a picture, look at sure. it. Because this is 1999. So he's, he's we're in a suite, right? And he's, he's surrounded by a bunch of people, and people are talking to him. I go, all right, what am I going to do? So I go, I'm going to go, I'm going to say, hey, Mr. Gibbons, how you doing? And see what he says, Right. So I go up to him and make my way up. I got my lanyard on. I got my thing, ABC. I go, hey, Mr. Gibbons, how you doing? I put put on my hand to shake his hand. He looks at me. He's got his hands full. He goes, Dusty Hill. And I go, yes. Right. At this point, I have no idea what to say. So Uh I just say, you enjoying the game? And he goes, yeah. And I said, okay. And I turned (laughs) and I walked away. Boo. (laughs) And Bill Weir says to me, who was it? I go, It's Dusty Hill. And he goes, oh, that must have been really embarrassing for you. <laughs> and I said, yes, because I said I was going to go up and say, Mr. Gibbons. He, I, and then, then maybe he'll say, you know, whatever he says. He goes, oh, that must have been really embarrassing for you. And I said, yeah, it was. So now Bill walks over. He goes, Dusty Hill. He goes, yes, how you doing? Hey, will you do a bit with us? I'm from the TV station. He goes, oh, sure. So Dusty Hill is the nicest guy in the world, right? He does the hit, does everything, finishes up with Bill Weir. He goes, and Bill, hey, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Dusty Hill goes, yeah, there's a guy a couple seconds ago didn't even know who I was. <laughs> <laughs>
6: as you're standing oh, yeah. behind going, that was a great bit. Oh, no, no. I now had to you're leave. wearing a fake beard and a mustache.
4: <laughs> I had to leave because, wow. you know, the producer, I should be there while we're doing the bit and everything. I'm like, I just have to go, Bill, just go do your thing because I don't want him to think that we're together because right. there's no way he's going to say yes. When i got up there, I go, Mr. Gibbons, and he goes, Dusty, I go, Oh, wow, I really wish I could just drop through the floor right now because there's so many people around him. Because, you know, he's a San Antonio celebrity. Like he's, you know, he's from there. He lives there. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, okay, just want to walk away. And that's, all I can say is, you enjoying the game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm done here. My work <laughs> is done. I'm not going to This this. This is so embarrassing. I'm supposed to find out who you were. Great. So I go, Dusty Hill, I'm going over here. And you let me know when it's done. And it turned out to be a great bit for the show. It was a great bit. Like Bill Weir said to me, he goes, hey, is every, is every girl really crazy about a sharp-dressed man? Of course they are. They did a whole bit together. I'm like, oh, it turned out to be really funny. But I've never forgotten that moment because it was so embarrassing for me because I walked up and I just walked right into it. There were so many other ways I could have tried to figure out. who I could have asked somebody. Hey, you, you could have gone up and that?
6: said, hi, I'm Jason Smith with...
4: Yeah, and and you are no. <laughs> we're, and we're are. We're looking to do a do a bit and blah blah blah. I oh. don't know. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Of course. Yes. After it was over, there were a thousand things I could have figured out. It's like, <laughs> why would you call that play? It was an easy interception. Yeah. Now, of course, I know the right play to call wasn't that pass, but at the time, it seemed like a good idea. At the time, it was a good idea for me to walk up and go, "Hey, how you doing, Mister?" Are Gibbons? you Zzy or Top? <laughs> Are you the first Z or the second Z? I, I want to say, which one are you? I, okay, great. Uh, it was that's, so embarrassing. So embarrassing. And now I'm sitting here going, I can't believe when we did that bit, you know, Dusty Hill was a year younger than I was, right? Because he, he, was, he was 49 when I walked up to him to do that bit. You know, I think he would, wait, no, he was, hang on. He's 72, 20. he's 50, he's a year older than I was when, we, when I walked up to him to do that bit. And, and I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I, that just – and it made me just feel bad all over again because I thought he was, you know, older back then when, when he was. Oh, that's no, I so mean,
6: look, you always have the, uh, the Wilfred Brimley barometer, right? Oh, that's and, true. And, and what he looked like and how old he was when he made Cocoon. Mm-hmm. So that, that's always how you gauge yourself in terms of age, perceived age, uh, well, and the truth.
4: Oh. That yeah, was so embarrassing. It, it it's really okay, was. buddy. It really was. I was like, you, "Oh, you've got it." Bill be Weir, me. you know, you took the
6: bullet for Bill Weir, and he probably never uh. remembered that, and that's okay. <laughs> but in that
4: moment, you were a hero. Look, as a producer, I did the right thing. You know, like, all right, this is what yeah. we have to do. I got to I got to figure it out. Okay, now I'm just gonna walk away. You go do your thing, man. Yeah, but feel, it's not like I you are like three up, feet like- tall. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a guy you were going to see every day, right? If you do that with a
6: local Los Angeles person while you're out here, well, now you got problems because oh, you're probably going to run into him again. It's like, oh, yeah, you're the guy that didn't know who I was last time. Beat it. Mm.
4: <sighs> Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike get Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Uh Rest in peace, Dusty Hill. Uh, so... There's such a huge deal the past few days with NFL players and how they feel about getting the COVID vaccine, right? We find out Lamar Jackson tested positive for COVID-19. We're still unsure if he got the vaccine when he was asked about it a couple weeks ago. He said, well, that's a personal decision. But if we know that Lamar Jackson's been getting tested every day for the past six days and now he tests positive, that kind of tells you he hasn't gotten the COVID vaccine. It's been a big debate between players and the union and sports about getting the COVID vaccine and and not being able to enjoy the same benefits that players who have gotten the vaccine uh, are allowed to. And Cole Beasley has been the poster child. For this, the Bills wide receiver who has been very vocal about not wanting to have to take the COVID vaccine, uh, but still wants to be able to do things that everybody else on the team does, which is use the whirlpool, go out to dinner, all of these things, because teams are putting different parameters on players who are not vaccinated. You have to get tested for COVID every day. You can't go and do things that the players who are vaccinated have been doing. And here was Beasley today with a big explanation about why he is anti having to get a vaccine to play football this season. I wanted to start this off by saying I'm not anti
3: or pro-vax. I'm pro-choice. The issue at hand is Information is being withheld from players in order for a player to be swayed in a direction he may not be comfortable with. When dealing with a player's health and safety, there should be complete transparency regarding information that is vital in the decision-making process. Without having all the proper information, a player can feel misguided and unsure
4: about a very personal choice. Some people may think that I'm being... Okay, okay. Uh, just, Just stop for a second here with Cole Beasley. Because the guy clearly is not saying what he really wants to say. All right. First of all, he's doing this press conference and he's not even wearing his mask right. He's got the mask down over his nose, which you got to know at this point, that's not the way to wear a mask. Right. It's not really helping if you don't put the mask over your nose when he says things like he has been saying that players don't have enough information to get the vaccine. Like these are all the things he is defaulting to. Players don't have enough information to get the vaccine. Um, All the info is readily there. There's enough information for the vast majority of players in the NFL and other leagues to get the vaccine, but there's not enough information for you. So don't tell me the information's not there. It should be a choice to get the vaccine or not. Okay, that's fine. But every private organization makes the rules, okay? There, there's diff- if you, This is not where I should be able to walk around and not have, No, you play for an organization that wants you to get a vaccine. Or it's not that you don't have to play. You just have to go through more parameters if you don't want the vaccine. So it is a choice. It, you, you, you're getting to make that choice. They're not making you make, take the vaccine. But what they're making you do is be a little bit more careful than everybody else. So don't tell me it's not you're getting the choice that you're making. We want to be safe. Right? That's his other big thing is three, I want to be safe. Taking the vaccine makes you safe. I don't understand. It makes you safer from COVID. All right? It does, does it mean you can't get it? Of course not. It means you can get it. It's like getting the flu shot. If you get a flu shot, you can still get the flu. But hopefully, what happens is either you don't get it or you get a very mild version of it. If you get the COVID vaccine you, and, and you still get COVID, you're likely going to get a very mild version of it. So the vaccine helps you. Okay, all of these things are easily disproven. And this is what Cole Beasley has been talking about. You can tell he doesn't really want to say this. I want him to say exactly what he wants to say. I want that unhinged rant that he wants to get off his chest, whether it's about vaccine or the world being flat or whatever conspiracy theory he wants to tout. Because what he's saying right now doesn't doesn't hold water. All right, it doesn't pass muster what he's saying. All these things are easily disproven. Oh, we want to try. I told you the choice, the information, the rule, everything is there, right? He keeps going back to the same things. The same things are there. They're not telling you you can't play. What they're telling you is you got to get vaccinated. Oh, but the players are saying that they're going to get cut if they don't get the vaccine. Where is that? Where, where where is that? Where is that somewhere that I've seen a team say that? I have not seen that happen. You, you're you're telling stories of what you've heard other players say of stories that they have heard. So tell me what you really want to say, Cole Beasley. What do you really want to say about vaccines and COVID? I already know that you think that potentially the death rate has been uh, moved up and has been under overreported for some. Say what you really want to say, man. Just do it because this stuff this ain't what you want to say. This is like giving you cover for what you really want to say, but you're not doing it so just come out and say it I'd have more respect for him if he came out and said it because at least then we'd know exactly what he wanted to talk about because this this just doesn't make sense
6: yeah I'm I'm done with Cole Beasley uh in terms of, of all of this right it's it's the same same speech each and every time we know how you feel in your in your mind you want him to to go on a longer rant include whatever else he wants you can listen to that i, I i'm good with uh, the many times he's gone back to this well uh, the fact of, of education you know you had brian tannehill step up for the titans and saying well i'm getting it because well this is this is what they want quote i wouldn't have gotten the vaccine without the protocols they're enforcing on us i think it's a personal decision for each of us they're trying to force our hands and ultimately have forced a lot of hands by the protocol Protocols. It is what it is. Well, then the NFL PA, right, made their decision in, in agreement with the league. And in theory, all the team reps reached out to everybody. And if they didn't, well, there's a breach of protocol and what they're supposed to do. And the majority decided to go this route. We, we know how many teams, what was it? Half the league was already over 90 percent before reporting day. What they're trying to do is get it, and, and part of Beasley's thing also is saying, well, you know, they, they want to, the less you test, the less likely uh, you are going to test. Well, that's true. That is true. Uh, you know, we, we, can, we can stipulate to that. But you can't, if you're not at 100%, now it's the question of do you keep going all the way through until you can check that box for everybody on the squad, everybody in the tier one. Right? That's a whole other part of their protocols and procedures that I guess would, would come up in the process because they keep saying 85% was the goal. But yeah, if you can go through, and we talked about this when it came to the NBA, if you can go through and perhaps not have to test as often, hey, everybody wins and everybody gets their bag. Uh, Vrabel uh, on Tannehill's uh, comments and where they're at. Quote, we're focused on making sure to continue to educate our players, to let them make the best decision for them, and hopefully this football team see how he added that and hopefully this football team it's a personal decision and hopefully one that they can come to that will help them and that will help this team so while he was trying not to say how he felt He said how he felt, right, (laughs) by putting the, hopefully, the interest of the teams. In other words, we don't want to be the team to forfeit. We don't want to fine you $15,000 for breaching protocol, but that's where we're at. That's the agreement. That's how it's going to be legislated, and most of those things, you know what? They were in the process last year, and while most teams got through, Fairly unscathed. There were some hiccups, and there were some potential uh, disasters awaiting the league. Now, with the vaccine, as possible, you know, in in putting that into place well in advance of the start of the season, you can limit that that number uh, of. Problems, and, and even if a guy tests positive, now we're looking at a much shorter window to get back in into play. So uh seems all wins, but we're going to keep having the unvaccinated minority of teams speaking up, which means we're not done with Colby Beasley just yet.
4: No, he's going to keep saying the same things which are easily disproven and don't make sense, right? All the information is there. It is a choice. And you want to be safe. The vaccine makes you safe. Well, it's good enough for, you know, over half of the people who live in the United States, but you don't know the information. I mean, come on, man. Real, that's why just say what, whatever unhinged rant you want. I will say it's why I said last night, you show me an athlete that doesn't want to take the vaccine. And I'll show you somebody that 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 goes all along with conspiracy theories. I'll show you somebody who traffics in conspiracy theories the entire time. Every single athlete that doesn't want to take it, tell me why. And you're going to get a reason. You're going to go, oh, wow, really? That's your reason? Show show me an athlete. I will show you that for 100%. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. We got more NFL on the way, but coming up next, another day, another no event for Simone Biles. I'll tell you exactly how the rest of the Olympics is going to go for Simone Biles. Have we seen the last of her? I don't know about that. That's next right here, Fox.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
5: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker,
9: start listening
5: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Yes. And uh, we have some big stuff from football coming your way in about 10 minutes, but... Clearly today, another day that uh, we are wrapped up in the story that is Simone Biles. Uh, We found out very late last night. In fact, right after we got off the air, I think 10 minutes after we got off the air, we found out that Simone Biles was going to skip the next event that was scheduled for her in the Olympics, the all-around. She's continued to be evaluated every day by by the team, and, and her return to the Olympics is still up in the air. At this point... I, I I am at the, I would say the acceptance part of that, whatever we get from Simone Biles in the Olympics, that's going to be it for her career. And the fact that she is still walking around and, and, and is still kind of with it and, and but by with it I mean after what's gone on with her backing out of events you know, not having the not having the confidence having the twisties which is what they call it in gymnastics when you lose the confidence to, to, to make a jump or do something it's like you know a, a pitcher that you know can't throw strikes suddenly whether you're Rick on keel or, or anybody else uh, the fact that she is still walking around publicly and, and going to events and and waving you know and blowing kisses to the camera she's going to watch the men compete and and she's still you urging on her uh, fellow countrymen in the United States when, when they're competing. She's still kind of a practicing athlete a bit. It's not that suddenly, hey, I'm out of the spotlight because I, I, I just need to be away and be by myself for mental health reasons. She's still kind of around. And if I could look at what's happening right now and think about what is next for her, she's got a couple of events next week. Right? She has two more events she can be in following this one. And one of them is the floor exercise, which has been her bread and butter and what catapulted her into goat status over the course of her career. If she's at this point where she really is not uh, being able to compete, but she's still kind of there, it still seems like she kind of wants to do it. I think we're probably going to see her one last time. And it's going to be a big deal. The Olympics will make a big deal out of it. And she'll go on and do her floor routine. I don't think we'll see anything else because the the leaps, the jumps that she'd have to make off of different things, I don't think we're going to see that. But I think we're going to see her floor routine one more time. And I wouldn't be surprised if she retired in the post-routine press conference. You know, right after she wins the gold medal or not, how do you feel? It was great. This was my last performance. I would not be surprised to see that, but I don't believe we've seen the last of her at the Olympics because she's still here. If she wasn't going to, to try to compete anymore, she probably would have left or would have had a much lower profile, but she's still around doing things, so I can't believe that we've seen the end of her. Look, she's nearing the end of her gymnastic career, being 24. Most people are done when they're 20. You know, she was getting out of one more games and and, and trying to, you know, uh, you know, get up to nine gold medals and everything else, but I, I do think we see her one more time, I think we see her for floor exercise next week. And again, if she retired right after, that wouldn't surprise me.
6: No, I, th- I think that that plays out in a, in a perfect timeline. Obviously, still part of the experience and still one of the stars for the U.S. Right? Obviously, the not in, in the competition and and the withdrawal has really divided a a lot of folks, a lot of anger, uh, a lot of dismissiveness on both sides, however you came across, Uh, just hope she's okay, whatever it is going on, there's a lot of rumor, conjecture, speculation as to what the issue is uh, that's affecting her, and and certainly a a five-second look at the Wikipedia page can educate you on some of the things uh, that may be in, in in her scope, but certainly you've got a few more days to decide. Right. Just like the Aaron Rodgers situation, and all these other things that we watch until you have to make a decision in your own life. Right. Whatever you're doing, kids going back to school or not virtual versus not. And until there's a decision to be made, I here's the final policy and the clock is is struck zero. uh, You you don't have to decide. So take the days to get right. Enjoy the experience as best you can, because that's the other part of it. Right. You, you now, at least for a couple of days, weight of the world, as she called it, isn't on her shoulders as long as she stays off social media uh, and, and stays away from some of the, the news reporting back in the States. Otherwise, go enjoy the other events. Go be a fan, you know, to go do things that uh, you wouldn't otherwise as a, as a member of the, the U.S., you know, giant group of athletes that are there. And then maybe that's enough to to have that pause and be ready to get back on the proverbial horse.
4: Yeah, because you know, how much of it's going to be I need the confidence to get back on it and it just doesn't come back right away? Sure. Like a baseball player who gets hit in the face and you need a little bit of time to come back from that. When you're younger, you, know, you get hit in the face, you know, I, I, I'm a little scared, you got to get back in there, and you can't just bail out every time a fastball comes inside to you. It's a different amount of time. But the fact that she's still public and it's the floor routine, which she does better than anybody we've ever seen, that's when we see her. And that, that'll be the last time we see her at the Olympics. Twitter at How About a Fresca? Mike gets Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Coming up next, a prediction that I have involving sports that I am 100% sure is going to come true. And I'm 100% it's coming up next right here. Jason and Mike, you're listening to Fox.
2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G., Juan Gabriel, Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean
8: apart from impeccable style, chart topping canciones, and drama?
9: Just start listening.